0: a couple that come later in Hebrews chapter 7 that are pertinent to what we are speaking about today but much later in the chapter so it had been way too long to read all of that. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God most high. His name means king of righteousness and also king of Salem which means king of peace. And here are the added verses, 24 and 25. Because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. And the basis of these words of Scripture And in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our King, our priest forever, my brothers and sisters in Christ. It has been said that everyone loves a mystery. And if that is true, there's good reason to love Christmas. Christmas is filled with mystery. Why, When Bonnie, my wife, was a child, her family would all get ready to go to church on Christmas Eve. They would leave the house, get in the car, drive to church, have their worship, come home, and all the presents would be under the tree. How did they get there? Who could have done it? When did it happen? It's still a mystery to her today. It's a mystery. How are you going to find the right gift for everybody on your list? And it's really a mystery why you even still buy a gift for Aunt So-and-so, who never likes what you buy anyway. Well, we could go on and on. But the real mystery, the real mystery, is summed up in the creed we will speak a bit later, conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, or as John says, okay, can we go to the next line? As John says, and the next one, as John says, I guess that one isn't there, in John chapter 1, I quoted part of John, John's first chapter earlier. Well, finally you get to verse 14, which describes for us who that word is that John's been talking about. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God becomes a human being. The very Son of God leaves his throne in heaven and comes down to earth to be one of us. Who can comprehend it? Who can truly explain that? It is beyond our understanding, beyond our knowing. It is a mystery. And to add to all that mystery, we have this character. Melchizedek. Who is this guy? Where does he come from? Why is he in the Scripture at all? Well to help us understand that we can look at the book that contains the most information about him and that's the book of Hebrews. And that book gives us some clues as to who he is but also the why. Now, since we're talking about mysteries, the reality is we don't know who is the author of the letter to the Hebrews. A lot of people simply say it's Paul because he wrote most of the letters in the New Testament, but it's written in a style and language that's very unlike Paul's writings. So who wrote it? It's a mystery. I have my own theory, but that would take about an hour of Bible class to to discover. So we have this character Melchizedek. Well, why? Well, you see, the letter was written in a time when Christians were being persecuted severely. Many of them were even martyred for their faith. And there were some... uh, Converts to this new religion, this new faith. uh, Followers of Jesus who were not quite sure that this making a change from Judaism to this was really worth dying for. And then there were others that were just kind of kind of debating about, well it sounds interesting but should we? They were being a little stubborn and stubbornness is well it's part of all of our lives. Um, A good example that leads back to uh, the letter to the Hebrews is in the 15th century some folks started to posit the idea that the earth was not flat. And you may not know this, but there were actually people who were put to death because they believed that the earth might be round. And it took years and people like Columbus and others to bring people around because it's hard to get out of your old beliefs. And so back to Hebrews, we have the same kind of thing. People are stubborn. People aren't sure. And is it worth it? And the letter is written to say to these people absolutely. It's worth it. It's worth anything. And he starts, the writer starts at the beginning of the book, in the first couple verses. And he starts to tell those to whom he's writing that Jesus is greater than the prophets, than the angels, than Moses, than the priesthood. And now we're only on chapter 5. And he's already done this. But this is where Melchizedek comes in with the idea of the greater priesthood. So comes Melchizedek. And he goes back to the little story in Genesis chapter 14. And Abraham, Abram, his name hasn't even been changed yet. Who's Abraham? Well, he's the first of the Hebrew or Jewish people. He is Father Abraham. He is the one to whom they all trace their lineage. He is the one that gave them the assurance that they would be saved. We have Abraham as our father. We don't need anybody else. Abraham has just come back from a battle. He has been victorious in battle and all of a sudden our mystery man comes out. Melchizedek. And notice what happens in Genesis 14. Two things Melchizedek does. And the author to Hebrews is saying these two things show that Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. What does he do? Melchizedek, it says, blessed Abraham. And it's the greater who blesses the lesser. Melchizedek blesses Abraham. And Abraham, in turn, gives Melchizedek a tithe of the spoils he has won in victory, in his battle. So the author is saying, not only did this character come up, but he's greater than Father Abraham. And then in chapter 7, he says, and Jesus is like Melchizedek. So Jesus is greater than the prophets, greater than the angels, greater than Moses, greater than the priesthood, Greater than Abraham. So, who is this guy? Well, again, we could spend an hour talking about his background or lack of background and all the connections he has with Jesus. But the easiest is just to look at the names. So, the word, the name itself, is a compound word. Melich and Zedek. King, righteousness. The king of righteousness. What's righteousness? Well, we usually, we could use the word holiness. I kind of like the idea um, of using that word right. It puts us right with God. Righteousness is what puts us right with God. Well, how many of us are righteous? How many of us are holy? How many of us can, on our own, make ourselves right with God. Well, we can't. We need someone to do it for us. Well, Melchizedek must have been that kind of a king for his people. He was this king of righteousness. But he was also king of Salem. Salem is a form of the Hebrew word shalom. Peace. He's the King of Peace. Now, hopefully, you're starting to see this because usually at Christmas time we call Jesus not the King of Peace, but the Prince of Peace. So, our righteousness, our peace, Melchizedek. Righteousness and peace. And by the way, Salem is an abbreviation as well for Jerusalem. He was the king of the city-state of Jerusalem that later became David's capital city. Much, much later became David's capital city. And Besides being a king, he is also priest of God Most High. In the Old Testament, they anointed prophets, priests, and kings. Rarely was anybody more than one of those positions our hero this morning, has two. King, and a unique king, and priest of God Most High. This becomes very interesting when you realize that the people of Israel to whom he is writing, the author is writing, traced their king back to David. Oh, I know, Saul was there too, but he was the only one in that family. It was David's dynasty that and ruled Israel for many, many, many years. And so they traced the kingship back to David. And they traced priesthood back to Aaron, the brother of Moses, so at the time of the Exodus. Melchizedek predates both of those by hundreds of years. Now remember, the point he's making is Jesus is like Melchizedek. Or was Melchizedek Jesus? And many scholars believe that. That Melchizedek was a... Manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ. That Melchizedek was how the second person of the Trinity showed himself in this instance to Abraham and revealed himself. There's another story in which Abraham is met by three angels. Two of them then go to Sodom to rescue Lot. You all know those Bible stories. And one stays behind. And Abraham prays to him. Prays to him. Well, it's the angel of the Lord. That's an Old Testament designation for the second person of the trinity. So, Jesus, this mystery man, Melchizedek, I will be completely transparent here, because not all commentators and Bible scholars believe that this is a revelation of the pre-incarnate Christ. Many just feel that Melchizedek was very special, but was just a prefigurement of Christ, or a Type of Christ to come. So we have to be satisfied that that's just a mystery. But the point that the author is making is that Jesus is our righteousness, our peace with God, and our priest and our king. He's a priest. Priests had two jobs. Priests were to intercede for the people. We remember Zechariah going into the temple to pray for the people when the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist happens. Priests were to pray for the people, intercede. Jesus prays for us. Look at Romans 8, verse 34. The other job of a priest was to offer sacrifice. Jesus offers a sacrifice, the sacrifice of his very body and blood. He gives himself. He is, as John the Baptist called him, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, taking our sins away, makes us holy, makes us righteous, makes us right with God. And being right with God, we are at peace. With him. And he is our king, this king of righteousness, this king of peace. The basic job of a king for God's people was to be a shepherd, not of sheep, but of people. David was the perfect One, he was a shepherd who became a king, the shepherd king. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. But he's hailed as son of David. You recognize the picture? It's Palm Sunday. Hosanna, the people cried. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna means save us, we pray. It was used as a shout for kings. They weren't talking about spiritual saving. They were talking about, rescue us from our enemies. Rescue us from those people that are attacking us, who are hurting us. Rescue us. David led his people in battle. Under David, Israel became the powerful country, most powerful that it ever was. And when Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the people shout, Hosanna to the Son of David. Rescue us. Save us from our enemies. And he does. But not in the way that they expect. He saves them by going to the cross. He saves them giving his life the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he comes to us and he gives us his righteousness 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The Davidic line ended in 587. No more kings sat on the throne. And yet God had promised David that there would be someone sitting on his throne forever. The priesthood They couldn't save anyone. They had to even, the writer to the Hebrews says, they even had to offer sacrifices for themselves because they were sinners. And so, God sent a baby. There's a question mark there. It's not because I wonder if God sent a baby. It's because I think that the greatest mystery of Christmas is why. Why would God send Jesus here to die for me? He tells us, of course, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amazing grace. Incomprehensible love. in that manger, is someone who loved me and loves you so much. They would give his life so that you can be right with God. That's why we celebrate. That's why you can enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the mysteries. What is in that big box under the tree? Will I get what I asked for? Will Aunt so-and-so finally this year like the gift I give her? But remember that the greatest gift came wrapped, not in brightly colored paper but in swaddling clothes. And it's a gift that continues to come to us every single day, not just at Christmas, but every day. Until one day, when he gives us the greatest gift of all and comes back and takes us to be with him forever. Our King. In his name, amen.